um, open book. Anyone touched by that? I thought that was amazing. Um, okay, okay, okay. Good evening. <laughs> My bad. So sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought that session was amazing, and I recommend, highly recommend that everyone um, takes time out to go and be blessed by that session. I think I immediately, like, I made sure I, I, I released that um, session live um, on Facebook, not Facebook, on YouTube this morning. So if you haven't, I, can, I want to encourage you right now. Uh, well, not right now, because we're here, right? <laughs> but um, as soon as you can, though, um, engage or enjoy that blessing that's available um, on our Facebook page. All right, I think um, all systems are ready to go. And my video is off. Good, good catch. <laughs> hello, everyone. How's everyone doing? Good catch, thank you so much. Um, hello, okay, I guess we can start. Heavenly Father, we say thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts and in our mind. Thank you, Lord God in our hearts and in our minds. Thank you, O oh Lord, because you are the one that is at work and you are coaching, you are leading, you are guiding, you are instructing, you are commanding. You, you have already overcome, Lord Jesus, and you are just deploying all that you have done. You started something beautiful in the beginning that you want us to discover, and it is our glory to discover these things. As kings, Lord Jesus, we say thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to borrow like a phrase that mama uses. If you know someone that should be here, I want to encourage you to ask them to join us. I'm currently forwarding this link right now to I think our WhatsApp groups. Um, hoping everyone that could needs to be a part of this would be. I'm really trusting the Lord that will be blessed richly um, during this session by whatever measure the Lord will equip me um, to bring forth. Um, there is a running theme that we've been on um, throughout the course of this series on the feasts, and it's been discovering how um, this journey of the, on the feast is actually a picture of like the Lord like proposing to us, if that makes sense. Um, the Lord wanting to marry us, come into covenant with us, amen? So you can call this feast, you know, these feasts, the seven feasts of the covenant, amen? Um, I think that's a beautiful way of saying it, the seven feasts of the covenant with God, hallelujah. And um, I have a whole bunch of stuff here. Um, let me give you guys like a quick preview. Um, let me see if I can make this full screen. So here's my tablet. Um, quick preview. Let's see here, let me get this all big. All right, cool. So I don't even think that's legible. Okay, I'm just gonna ignore that, Never mind. <laughs> but um, I was hoping to be legible so everyone could see, but um, the goal, what I have here um, is a, a, an epic retelling of the Jewish wedding experience. And the hope behind all of that is as we discover, am I live on Facebook? I need to make sure I am good. Okay, just making sure, all right. And I'm live on Spotify too. As we discover, ah, I just discovered something. Speaking of discovery, hallelujah. Hmm. I am just going to let it slide. <laughs> My obsession with making sure everything is perfect would not get in the way today, amen. I'm gonna turn off my phone's alarms and everything is silent, good. We will discover that so many things that have become intrinsic to our cultures are actually the fruit of interactions with spirits, amen? A specific one is marriage. I know that everyone thinks that marriage is almost for granted. It's almost like, well, duh, what else is there, you know? But the truth is that God instituted marriage intentionally for a specific purpose. And as we dig in, amen, you see so many things. I remember when the Lord first showed this to me. I remember I was, this was right after Bible school. I was listening to Misty Edwards. And she was speaking, singing a song um, about um, the name of the Lord. Um, uh, put your name on me, I think. That's the name of the song, I can't remember. But as she was singing this song, it just clicked. It is all about marriage. Amen? And that's when it hit me that, oh my goodness, our walk with Jesus. It's all about marriage. That's when um, um, Romans, when Paul will speak about when one is married, 
um, he's not allowed to go free until the other the spouse dies. And so when we died um, to sin, we are free from sin. And Paul used that analogy to show us how Christ came, married us, and we became one with him. And both of us together, we died. And that way we all got separated from sin because what happens is that Christ became us. He became sin for us. And then when he died, we got freed from sin. Amen. And in another way, he also became us. Hallelujah. And when he died, you know, that's the end of the marriage contract. Amen. Till death do us part. And um, other things began to hit me, like the fact that, um, you know, verses like Ephesians chapter five, you know, the story of, of um, a husband loving his wife and um, what, what the Bible says in Genesis chapter two, about the two becoming one flesh, um, a, a father, um, son leaving his father, and mother and be cleaving onto his wife. And then Paul explained that this is a mystery specifically about Christ and the church and then Song of Solomon and so many other verses. And then, you know, there's even more things like Jewish idioms. Like if you read John 14, for example, when Jesus would say things like, I go to make a place for you, you know, um, those are a little bit deeper and less at the surface um, and require that you have a more, um, you know, um, engaging understanding of the Jewish culture to be able to understand some of these things. But my goodness, beloved, if you dig deep into marriage, and it's kind of scary. Like there is no part of marriage that is not meant to tell a story about our relationship with God. Like there's just nothing. Everything about our walk with God is captured in marriage. And, you know, we have all these other dynamics who father, son, worker, and um, a master or boss, friends together in a relationship. And there's so many other ones, but my goodness, beloved, it is such a, will I say breath of fresh air? It is beautiful to discover just how much God wants to be with us. The last one that hit me was when I realized that when the bride um, officially gets married to her husband, her legal name changes. Amen. And this is what happens to us when we get um, uh, when we get hooked up with the Lord. Amen. Our names change and our new names are names in the book of life. Hallelujah. Um, it is beautiful. And I really hope um, you can understand this journey here with me. Let me see if I can pull out here my little um, um, notepad thing. Hmm. My Bible app is blessed, amen. <laughs> Gonna figure out what to do here, but um, let me just move this away. There we go, that's gone. And I want to open up my um, paper, paper application, good. Awesome, there we go. So we can start with this and then draw away. Um, my goodness, beloved, it is just insane just how much um, about marriage God has um, captured in here. So I'm going to switch to my tablet again. And um, let's see here. So we're currently at Pentecost. My goodness, man, there is so much. There is so much. Um, I think, yes, I want to start with the diagram, but I want to show us a verse of scripture in the Passion Translation. Um, I want to encourage you, go on these journeys of discovery in the scripture yourself. I, I feel like my Christian walk, discovering these things for myself is so beautiful. I love when I hear them from someone else, but when I'm like reading my Bible and it's like, oh my gosh. I mean, I, I respond with joy every single time, but there's something special about that. Amen. I want to encourage you take some time to you know spend time in the scriptures and dig into this thing oh please tell me this thing works good okay i was getting really concerned there um there is a specific verse i'm looking for it is so beautiful yes let's start from verse 15 ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15 and you i hope you see why i'm so excited about all of this amen so here we go because of this since i first heard Oh no, I went too far. Let me start from verse 13. Yes, because of him, when you, when you who are not Jews heard the revelation of truth, you believe in the wonderful news of salvation. Now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. He is given to us like an engagement ring is given to a bride as the first installment of what's coming. This is so powerful. 
He is our hope, promise of a future inheritance, which seals us until we have all of redemption's promises. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord beautiful? I feel like um, you're going to discover why I'm so excited in a minute here, okay? Hallelujah. Until we have all of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom, all for the supreme glory and honor of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So beautiful. So beautiful. Okay. So um, just I want you, let me just go back there again. I want you to keep in mind here, okay? We have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, and he was given to us like an engagement ring, okay? So just keep that in mind, okay, as we keep on going forward, okay? Um, let me pull up here the tablet, okay? Or let me start, first of all, by explaining um, the Jewish marriage ceremony. I think that would help us understand what we're about to get into, amen? So I have here my notes. I kind of pointed at them earlier on, but I'm just going to read off of this and explain a few things, okay? So in the Jewish marriage ritual or whatever, a guy sees a girl that he really likes, he really wants to be with her for the rest of his life. It's a very serious commitment <clears throat> that he's about to embark on because um, the way Jewish marriages work, it's about two families being knit together. And what happens is that he lets his parents know, hey, this is the person I'm interested in. I want to go after this person. And then the guy, you know, basically um, the families um, establish, you know, contact and then arrangements are being made um, towards the marriage. The first stage of the marriage, because what happens at the Jewish marriage is actually spread out over exactly one year, not exactly one year, but about a year. Okay. Isn't that so cool how our feast, uh, uh, let's get that graphic going on here. Our feasts, amen, they're a picture, right, of the acceptable year of the Lord, amen. I think that's so cool. When I read, when I read about this, what I was like, wow, there is just no escaping this now, is there? And so it's spread out over like a year, okay? And, um, which is funny because here I am thinking that the Nigerian marriage system is so complicated with the introduction and the traditional marriage and the court marriage and then the white wedding. And here you have these guys spend like over a year going through like all the different ceremonies and getting things done. I'm like, oh, anyways. So um, after um, the, basically like the parents are on board with the idea, what happens is that the groom, the proposed groom or the guy that wants to become the groom, he approaches, you know, comes to the girl in the first phase of the wedding. And that is called the Kiddushin. This is called the betrothal. B, B, hmm, I don't pronounce this. Betrothal, betrothal, there you go, okay? And basically what happens here in the Kiddushin, um, it's also called the Erushin or the dedication or the sanctification, okay? And basically this is what happens when both the husband and the wife, they agree to be set apart and separated onto each other, okay? They can't live together yet, okay? But what happens is that they are set apart for each other, okay? Now what happens here, um, let me just read off my little guide here, okay? The groom brings a ring to the bride with the intent of marriage, okay? And when this happens, two blessings are recited. The blessing over the wine, where they both declare this blessing, and they drink of a cup, and then the betrothal blessing, okay? And this is given by an elder, where the blessing over their union is, is you know, released. And all of this hinges on one specific thing called the ketubah, okay? So I'm going to say this again, okay? The first phase of the wedding is called the kiddushin, Okay, also called the Erushin. You don't need to memorize any of this really, but um, being familiar with this is going to make you understand like a whole bunch of stuff about why God, why you're born again. And yeah, you don't look exactly like Jesus, even though the Bible says that you do, but then you have times when you don't, et cetera, et cetera. It's all captured in here, okay? The, dedic the dedication, the sanctification, the betrothal, okay? The Kiddushin, the Erushin, that is the first part of the marriage, okay? And here, both of you are meant to be set apart to each other. Okay, and what happens during that time is that there is not meant to be any interaction with any other guy, okay, beyond hello, goodbye, <laughs> basically, okay, and any other girl beyond hello and goodbye. And here, um, the groom presents something called a ketubah, and a ketubah is like the marriage contract or the agreement where he basically presents all that he wants to do for his bride, amen? And um, once that has been presented, then comes the ring, 
binding them both together, and then they drink the, the wine, and then the blessings are declared over them. Amen? And then there is a declaration that takes place with the bethorto blessing. The blessing is this. Behold, you are consecrated to me with this ring according to the law of Moses and the law of Israel. Amen? Now, when this, this thing I just read to you now, okay, this ritual I just described now, okay, called the um, Kiddushin, okay, is a picture of what happens when you get born again. Amen? But then the, the part where the ring is presented, that part there is what happens at Pentecost. And I'm going to explain to you the reason why, okay? So um, we're going to go back and take a look at our feast, okay? If you look very carefully, you notice that the spring feast, Passover, unleavened bread, okay, and first fruits, they're heavily tied together, like they're joined or connected together. Amen. Can you see that? You also notice that um, the feast of Pentecost, hallelujah, um, almost seems to be an outlier hanging out by itself, okay? Now, even though it seems like it's hanging out by itself, it's not hanging out by itself because it's separate per se. It's hanging out by itself simply because of the Feast of Weeks, okay? So basically, Pentecost ought to be, right, a follow-up to the born-again experience, amen? But because Pentecost is something that you have to willingly come to, so I'm just going to go back to our little scribble tablet here, okay? The invitation to the mountain, okay, that is what Pentecost is. So this, I'm going to use my red pen, okay, this whole deal here, okay, this is what Pentecost is right here, okay? Hallelujah. You getting set free from, from, um, from Egypt, that is Passover. Those are the earlier feasts from before. Amen? So the Passover and Leverbed and first fruits, okay? I can say that first fruits is like when um, Pharaoh is dead. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can call that leaven bread. Either one, they both work. Amen? I'm sure you get what I'm saying, right? Okay? So um, um, prophetically, we can see that Pentecost is God presenting, right, um, um, that ring to us. And why, do, why, do I, why am I saying this? Simply because, beloved, simply because um, of what um, Ephesians chapter 1 says in the Passion Translation, that the Holy Spirit is an engagement ring. Amen? And do you know, beloved, that um, at Mount Sinai, I'm going to put our, our tablet back up again, when God presented the Ten Commandments, okay, Hallelujah. To Israel, this was God presenting to Israel his ketubah, his marriage contract. Can you see that? Amen. I think this is incredible. Here you have Almighty God wooing, pursuing. Sometimes I was reading, um, I was reading something on Instagram recently. Someone posted like a devotional or whatever. And they were just like, sometimes we forget how amazing it is that God loves us. Amen. It's kind of crazy, especially if you look at yourself and you see like all the flaws and everything. Hallelujah. It's like the craziest dream. And sometimes it's so absurd. It's very easy for us to not believe it. Does that make sense? And say that, oh, because of his agenda, because God has a plan and because, da, 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 you know, and we kind of put the, the cart before the horse. Amen. Not understanding that it is because he loves us. That is why Jesus came. That's why, that's why, that's why. In fact, God's predestination is because of his eternal love for us. Amen? So God's eternal plans for us was because he loves us. Amen? So God saw us before sin. Amen? Psalms chapter 90. I think that's amazing. Amen? I feel like statements like this should never be looked over. They should never be overlooked, sorry. Amen? They should be looked over and over and over again. Amen? They should be admired. We should be, we should be in awe about such things, okay? So God loves us, all right? And so in the old um, Jewish um, culture, the ketubah was the Ten Commandments. Well, guess what the ketubah is for us in the New Testament? If you're wondering what the ketubah is, let me see if I can pull that up here, okay? This is, I don't know if this is visible. Is this visible? Let me see if I can make this. How big can I make the text here? Hallelujah. Uh, can, I, can you all read this? Is this visible? Ketubah, K-E-T-U-B-A-H. Okay, I don't know if anyone can, but we're just going to believe that <laughs> y'all saw it, I guess. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so um, our ketubah, someone said nope. Okay, so I'm going to try again. <laughs> Thank you for that uh, feedback. Our ketubah, amen, is the seven spirits of God. That is 
God giving that engagement ring to us. Now I understand, okay? The reason why I was careful to say that the marriage wasn't Pentecost is because the Holy Spirit has actually, God began the process of giving us the Holy Spirit for when we got born again, amen? I explained before that the entire, entirety of all the feasts, amen? The entire roster from the very beginning to the end is actually, amen, measures of the spirits of God, amen? But there is something signature about what happens in Pentecost. That is why I mentioned here that this feast of the Kedushin, I didn't mention it, it's actually, if you go on, you can look up everything I'm saying on Wikipedia, by the way. You can go search for Jewish weddings and you'll see everything I'm talking about here, okay? I'm gonna post that link again this evening, amen? I'm gonna release all of this too as well. I never released the diagram because we haven't finished yet, okay? I hope everyone's able to keep up. If you can't keep up, please let me know if it's confusing or anything like that, okay? Hallelujah. But the Kedushin is called sanctification. It's called the dedication. It's called the betrothal. Amen. And basically what this means now is that you are being set apart for each other. That is why the, I lay the emphasis on the finger of God. The finger of God is that operation where only the Lord is at work. Amen. No other spirit is at work here. There is no other influence. Amen. The only person at work is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is the only influence in your life, he manifests as the spirit of the Lord. Amen. And um, I did not write that explicitly, but I'm going to do a little diagram here. Okay. As the spirit of the Lord or the seven spirits of God. Amen. This is captured for us. We see Jesus Christ partook of this feast because we see him in the book of Revelation as having seven horns and seven eyes. Hallelujah. Can everyone hear me? My microphone is. Hallelujah. Okay. Everyone can hear me? Can everyone hear me? Yes. Okay, good. I want to make sure. Let me see if my camera's still on. Okay, good. The power, they turned the power off again. Okay. But I hope everyone. Okay, good. I zoomed in. What was I? Okay, so yes, Jesus Christ, amen? If you read the book of Revelations, chapter five, you will see Jesus Christ was a lamb slain before the foundations of the earth, before the foundation of the world of the earth, amen? And he had, well, same thing, actually. He had seven horns and seven eyes, amen? The seven horns being the, the, the authority or the overflow, amen, of the seven eyes. So basically what happened was that Jesus Christ, when he partook of Pentecost, amen, what happens to him is that he got the seven eyes, amen? Then when you get to tabernacles, then you get the seven horns, specifically the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, okay? Because each of those is, um, Rosh Hashanah is about blowing of the, of the ram's horn. And that's a sign that the seven horns are emerging from your head, amen? It means the authority of the spirits of God, hallelujah. Okay, so I have here, amen, um, the seven golden candlesticks, amen? representing the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I've already explained that this is the Holy Ghost. This is the spirit of God inside of you right now. Can I say something? Every single thing we are discussing right now, okay? Um, there's another part of the marriage called the, um, the Nisuin, okay? Both the Kiddushin and Nisuin, all of them are inside of you in Christ Jesus, amen? But there is a protocol for experiencing all of these things, amen? And at different points in time, I'm telling you, because these realities are inside of us, you're going to find that you're going to be having prophetic encounters, prophetic experiences, amen, where you seemingly will experience yourself sitting on the throne of God, or you see yourself manifesting as the tabernacle of God, or you see yourself getting married to Jesus, amen? These are not contradictions of everything I'm talking about here, amen? Because these realities are inside of us, amen? And you can experience them, amen, in different ways. But the actual experiencing of them, what I mean by experiencing them, I mean like prophetic experiences. Prophetic experiences and, and, um, and um, the development of your soul are two different things. When I speak about experience, I think about knowledge as the consequence of development. Prophetic experiences, they bring about, all right, an initiation, amen, or a conclusion of a season of development, amen? And I'm saying that because I can have an experience where I go to the Garden of Eden and I eat of a particular tree. Amen. That prophetic experience is beautiful. Amen. But the way I know, amen, that I've eaten of, of, of uh, one of the trees of life in the Garden of Eden is that God's word has been sown in my heart. Amen. 
we need to make sure that we are not um, abandoning, amen, the consequences, amen, of some of these experiences. So what I mean by this is that if, if you had a throne room experience prophetically, amen, you would have consequences, right? But there is the kind of person whose development has brought his consciousness, amen, to the throne room of God, where he functions actively in that place. There is going to be a lot of differences between both individuals, amen? The person who has feasted on God, okay, completed Pentecost and is feasting on tabernacles, okay, he's, he's partaking of the Feast of Tabernacles, amen, he is going to have a lot more, um, or I say, um, exp knowledge, experience, amen, authority, hallelujah, um, um, reality, amen, of his union with Messiah, of covenant with Messiah, of marriage with, with Messiah, amen, it's not that that is not a reality now, it is a reality now, but that reality you haven't yet interacted with, so for this reason, it's just think something that we, we just say, it's real inside of us, amen, as in it's in our spirits, but our souls haven't yet awakened to those realities where they become tangible, where they become tangible. There's a place where a bullet flies your way. And then because you're God's, you know, beloved, amen, an angel of God swats it away. Amen. But there's this movie I watched called Black Adam. Amen. I found that movie very fascinating. They just kept on blasting him with bullets nonstop. Okay. And what he, when he first started experiencing the, you know, the barrage of bullets, he caught the first bullet and he looked at it and he said, huh, this is weak magic. And he threw it away and just made a mockery of all of the attackers, okay? It did not matter whether he was asleep, awake, or wherever he was at. There was no way that any bullets could ever penetrate that dude, okay? Because some operations had been installed on the inside of him. This is what Tabernacles is about, where irrespective, come, come rain, come snow, Come daytime, nighttime, come asleep, come awake. There has been an installation of these realities in, inside, on the inside of us. Amen. It, these things are living and breathing reality. Our union with Messiah is something that we experience actively. Amen. And the way we do that is by participating in all these feasts. Amen. So Passover first, all right? That is, that is part of the, um, of the Kiddushin. Amen. Even I have to look over. <laughs> Hallelujah. So don't fret if you don't remember everything. Amen. That's the first betrothal, the beginning, the engagement, right? Where the engagement ring is given, okay? But that beginning part, okay? Passover is a part of that, right? Because Passover is also, when you get born again, the spirits of God comes and lives inside of you, amen? The same thing happens when you partake of unleavened bread. There's an even deeper entrainment of the spirits of God. So what's happening is that that engagement ring, all right, is being presented to you. What's the full, the, the, um, the engagement, the proposal, the marriage proposal, amen? can only take place in Pentecost. Does this make sense? Amen. The actual feast, amen. The festival where we celebrate, amen. The marriage proposal with Messiah is Pentecost. Hallelujah. That is when the Lord descends on the mountain, amen, with the ketubah. Oh, for us, amen, the eyes of our understanding are enlightened by the seven spirits of God because the finger of God wants to begin to write on the inside of us. Hallelujah. I hope everyone understands. Amen. So what happens here is that after this has been done, okay, a period of about, you know, a few months ensues, right? There's this period of time where they're both separate from each other, okay? Um, basically, what happens is that the, the groom, he, um, after the bride says yes to the, to the ketubah, yes to the, you know, the wedding ring, I hope she does, all right, and everything else, um, he then says, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be with me as well, hint, 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 I wonder where that is in the Bible, John chapter 14, right, amen, so you can see what Jesus Christ is saying there, okay, and um, the blessing, behold, you're consecrated with me, um, to me, with this ring, according to the law of Moses and of Israel, okay, the ne next part that happens is, at different points in time, there's go going to be the declaration of the loud sounding right before the final wedding phase stage, okay? It's something, um, the loud sounding of the ketubah, okay? And it takes place in something called the chupa. Now, the chupa is the um, wedding ceremony. Hoping I'm not butchering this, okay? Yes. Yes. The chupa is, the wedding, is where the wedding ceremony happens, okay? And 
the actual stage of marriage is called the Nisuin. Hallelujah. So the marriage is called the Nisuin, all right? But the ceremony is called the Chupa. Before the Chupa, amen, what happens is that that marriage contract, the Ketubah, is read out loud, all right, underneath the canopy where the Chupa is going to be happening. Does that make sense? So basically, when the, when the wedding venue has been decided, which is usually the house that the, so when the young man says, I go to make a place for you, basically what happens is that he goes, all right, to um, begin to build um, an edifice that is, or basically that does actually, he does that, he does that they work together. I think that's, that's the case, yes. An edifice that is gonna be sufficient for them to consummate their marriage, okay? And when he goes to do that, what happens is basically the bride is then left waiting until when the bridegroom um, summons her. And when he summons her, usually there's actually um, this beautiful thing. It happens usually around midnight where, you know, the parable of the virgin, basically, all the virgins are released. And um, that cry, the bridegroom comes, um, the invitation is then sent out to bring the, the, the bride from her chambers to come and um, consummate the marriage. And that consummation or that second stage of marriage is called the Nisuin, but the ceremony itself is called the Chupa. So that loud sound, behold, the bridegroom cometh, okay? You can picture that as the reading out, amen, of the Ketubah, the marriage contract out loud. That is actually synonymous with the Feast of Trumpets. Hallelujah. So what now happens is that when it's read out loud for all to hear the terms of their marriage, okay? What now happens is that the bride leaves her home, her father and her mother, and then goes, hallelujah, to a place called the Yichud, hallelujah, where the marriage is consummated, hallelujah. This is when the bride and the groom, they begin to live together, hallelujah. So what then happens from there onwards is that their union, hallelujah, is then celebrated. Um, usually they have this ritual where um, the marriage is consummated in the yichud, and then the proof or the tokens of her virginity are presented, and everyone, I mean, this is like uh, this part of the ceremony, everyone in Israel, including children, they get to witness this. And because of this, um, um, being a virgin till you're married is something that is, um, will I say, admired and honored in the Jewish culture. I think that's a beautiful thing for children to get exposed to that part um, of life so that marriage is not seen and even sex is not seen as something that is taboo but as something that is um celebrated when it is done correctly amen i'm sure everyone understands what i'm saying i think that that's a very very important um thing that we need to introduce in church culture really introducing all of these things in light um of our union with messiah and also in light of culture right church culture as it ought to be the godly church culture not the babylonian thing that we <laughs> I've been stuck inside that God wants to come out of. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope everyone understands. That consummation, amen. Let me let me read this. I, did I write this down? So the couple begins living together after the chupa, often about a year after the kiddushin. Before the chupa, the ketubah, American is read out loud for all to hear the terms of their marriage. Then the marriage is consummated in the yichud, after which the bride's virginity is celebrated at the wedding reception. Now get this. This day is considered the groom's Yom Kippur. I'm going to show you what the Yom Kippur is. The Yom Kippur is the Feast of Atonement. Hallelujah. It's the Day of Atonement. The word Kippur means to atone for. And what happens here is that that day of the Nisuin is when the bride and the groom, amen, they become one, at one minute. Amen. Now, after that, amen, there's this huge celebration, right? Let us rejoice and be glad. Give all glory to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. Amen. What then happens after this consummation happens is that they leave um, the chamber and they come out and there's a huge celebration. The wedding feast happens. The reception happens, right? And from there, it's all parting and parting and parting and parting and partying. I'm sure you can see verses from the book of Revelation. just like, you know, just pages just going through your head and your mind, right? Hallelujah. What then happens after that is... They both continue to live together, and that is called the Feast of Tabernacles. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man. Hallelujah. Do you see the picture, beloved, of how the seven feasts of Israel, amen, and the wedding feasts of Israel, amen, are synonymous? Amen. So in other words, as we are partaking of these feasts, amen, what is happening to us is that our union with Messiah is becoming more tangible, is becoming an undeniable reality. Amen. This is actually what God has in store for us. 
And there's so many parallels, amen? One of the parallels I think is so interesting is the fact, you know, apart from this thing like the atonement thing, one of them is that picture of the wedding garment. Remember that story? I think it's in Matthew. Oh man, I forgot what chapter Matthew that is. But the story about the wedding, I think Matthew 18, hallelujah, where the, 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 you know, the invitation is sent out. Maybe you should read that real quick, amen? Hallelujah. Because I think that um, understanding or seeing some of these things, Matthew 22. How did I say 18? Lord have mercy. Matthew 22. Okay. Uh, we're jumping real quick. I think we're looking at verse um, once a king who arranged an extravagant wedding feast. Ah, extravagant what? Hallelujah. Extravagant wedding feast for his son. On the day the festivities were about to begin, he sent his servants to summon all of the invited guests, but they chose not to come. So the king sent even more servants to inform the invited guests, saying, Come, for the sumptuous feast is now ready. Are you seeing how? The Bible is showing, they're using so many multi-layered pictures to show us the Christian walk. Here you're seeing the wedding feast being shown as the actual thing itself we're meant to partake of, right? But then God is also now saying, hey, come and also be married. I know it's not explicitly shown here, but even that invitation here, amen, to come and be part of the wedding feast, amen, of the son, the natural language is, oh, come and, you know, just enjoy the food that's here. But the actual feast is the wedding. Hallelujah. The invitation is to come and be married to the Lord. Okay, we're going to keep this going, okay? To summon all the invited guests, but they chose not to come. This is a picture also of how Jesus Christ and you know, Solomon was kind of like a Christ-like figure. Amen. Solomon's reign was a reign of peace. And his reign made um, change the substance of the earth. I always says um, silver was like dust on the ground. Another way of saying this is like, you know, um, the new heavens, the new earth, wherein dwells righteousness. Amen. And I'm saying that because Solomon married women of every single culture, right? Of every single. Now, that was actually bad for him to do. Amen. But it's something that God does in the New Testament is that the Old Testament saints, even their mistakes, when seen through the lights of Christ, they're a message of the spirits of God. That spirit of God is actually telling us. Amen. Because whenever the spirits of God is capturing a message, even your mistakes are not. Many people think that mistakes, when God exposes uh, weaknesses and sin, it is to torment, blackmail, you know, um, accuse, and all of these things. But God only reveals to bring about healing, whether the person has been exposed or to those that find out. Amen. And so I'm hearing, I'm speaking here like, you know, about like someone like David, for example, now. Let me use someone like Noah. I think it's a better example. Okay. So here's someone like Noah. So Noah, after the, after the flood, everything is finished or whatever. Noah um, um, planted a vineyard. Hallelujah. And when he planted a vineyard, um, he got drunk on the wine from the vineyard. And he got so intoxicated with the wine, he went to bed, slept naked. And I'm guessing that must not have been a normal thing <laughs> because I will mention that, right? And what happened was that one of his sons, um, Ham, came into the room and he began to expose his dad's naked, nakedness to all of his brothers. And then Shem and Japheth, um, they came back and honored their dad by walking backwards and covering his nakedness. Now, as soon as his dad came out of that stupor, immediately he began to release judgment on all of his children. You know what's so interesting? He traced Ham's lineage down to Cush and cursed that entire line. Do you know that's a picture of Almighty God? <laughs> it sounds so difficult to believe at times, but that's a picture of Almighty God. Almighty God, amen, has planted the church, amen. And when the church comes to maturity, amen, the church is actually going to minister to the Lord, amen, the intoxication of the spirits of God. Basically, God is going to be able to, you know, the Bible says that um, Jesus Christ said this, I am the vine, you are the branches, amen. When we bring forth fruit, amen, the Lord, as the husbandman, can partake of that. Husband, man, ah, feasting on wine, come on, okay. So the Lord can get drunk on that. And in God's intoxication, what does God's intoxication um, look or sound like? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That is how God gets intoxicated, amen? When, when you see the book of Genesis, whenever God said, this is good, 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 it was making reference um, to the image and likeness of Christ, the image and likeness of God, actually, because Jesus Christ said something, nothing is good except it looks like God, Amen. So what God, what, what God gets, what gets God excited, what gets God high, what gets God hype, amen, 
is the likeness of Jesus Christ. So like when I preached yesterday about fruitfulness, when we bring forth fruit, hallelujah, when we bring forth fruit as a church because of maturity, of the likeness of Jesus Christ, God gets turned on. God gets activated. God gets triggered. Amen. God, God, Bible says that when the Son of God, when the first begotten came from the dead, amen, the Bible says that Almighty God said this, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Amen. Thy throne, O God. Almighty God looked at Jesus and called him God. Amen. I don't, I don't just see like, oh, God, there you are. I think it's like this thing of God going like, as in almost like responding with so much passion. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Amen. We get to provoke God in this way the more we look like Jesus. Amen. So what happened was that as the church, amen, intoxicates God or provokes God, stir one another towards good works, amen, um, something called the vengeance of God is released. You see the vengeance of God. If you remember, we read all throughout the book of Revelations, amen. When the fifth seal was opened, amen, was cracked open, um, the souls that were hidden beneath the altar, he began to cry out, how long, O Lord, holy and true, uh, will you not judge and avenge our blood on those that dwell on the earth? Amen. The vengeance of the Lord. Hallelujah. And that vengeance of the Lord actually speaks about the church coming into maturity. Please hear me out, okay? The vengeance of God is going to be brought by us after we have partaken of this feast. Amen. The vengeance of God has captured, even in this ceremony here, even in this um, story of Noah I'm talking about right now, amen, is actually because of a church that has been fruitful, church that has been made mature. Is everyone listening? Hallelujah. And so as God is intoxicated by a, a mature, a developed church, what happens? Almighty God is aroused and he's stirred, amen? Hallelujah. And from that place of stirring, God begins to make declarations. Like what? <laughs> that what's a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek, right? You see um, um, Noah, when he gets up, he blesses um, um, Shem and Japheth, right? But at the same time, he also releases a curse, amen, on Ham. Hallelujah. Eventually on Cush. Hallelujah. So you're seeing that picture of Almighty God there. So I said all that because of Solomon, amen? Hallelujah, and I'm going to go back to this little um, story here. Okay. Come for the sumptuous feast is not ready. The oxen has been fattened, cattle have been killed, and everything is prepared. So come. Ah, remember that invite I gave out for today's word for now? Come to the wedding feast for my son and his bride. But the invited guests were not impressed. Dear Lord, that's so bad. Do you know what's... Wow. This is what God told Paul Keith Davis. That, that message I played, I sent about the Mount Sinai. I'll send it again tonight as well. God is about to impress us. That's actually what, when, when the Lord came on Mount Sinai, um, the Mount Sinai experience here, this one here, um, Paul Keith Davis explained that the Lord did not descend upon Mount Sinai directly the way we think he did. Actually, he descended on, I think, Mount Paran, several miles away on the other side of the desert and when he descended on that mountain he crumbled the mountain it melted away like wax and god began this march all the way all throughout the wilderness of sin from one end of the wilderness to the other end of the wilderness and as he did that um you know um the earth would quake there was thunder there was lightning there was a thick cloud of smoke how there was fire brimstone and I think that the earth was just erupting. Um, I don't think a form was seen per se. I just think that there was just something that whenever it made this thud every one or two seconds. And it seemed like this thing was getting closer. But surrounding this thing was all of this smoke and all this fire. And all this electricity and lightning basically is the word I'm looking for. And it would shine. I was just walking past all the other mountains. They were all just being flattened. And this incredible scene was God proposing to Israel. I think I said this either last week or the week before. Amen. Hallelujah. God wanted to impress Israel. God's desire, amen, was to impress them. Okay. I'm saying all that because I saw that here. Because they said, we are not impressed. How sobering. This is actually the response that Israel gave. One was preoccupied with his business. Another went off to his farming enterprise. Do you see, beloved, why the... Um, the Erushin or the Kiddushin, the first part of the marriage, is about separation. It's about sanctification. 
Amen. It's about betrothal. Amen. Being, being called out from all of your other lovers. Remember the decree that God gave to Moses for the Mount Sinai experience? He told them they should wash their clothes. Wash your clothes and stay away from your wives. What was God talking about? The only covenant that you should have is the covenant, all right, that is with me. I'm coming to propose to you. Get rid of your other boyfriends. Amen. Get rid of your other girlfriends. It is time for you and me to have a dialogue. This is again why I made reference, amen, to the Feast of Pentecost being about the finger of God, being about the spirit of the Lord. This thing here manifests only in the holy place where there is a private one-on-one, -on -one, um, where there's private um, isolated interaction between yourself and God. There is no, there are no elements, amen, in the holy place. I'm just going to write that here, okay? This right here is in the holy place. Hallelujah. You could argue that Moses had this experience when he was at the burning bush. You could argue that very easily, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Because the angel said what? Take the sandals off your feet because the place where you're standing right now is holy ground. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you're being blessed. I hope someone is being blessed. I hope this has been understood. Amen. I'm going to keep on going no matter what. <laughs> no matter the case, because these messages are being recorded. So as we continue feasting on the Lord and praying and fasting and all these different things, you can always come back and listen to the messages. Amen. Okay. Um, hallelujah. The rest seized the king's messengers and shamefully mistreated them. Now that one is, I think that's, okay, well, anyways, I even killed them. I, okay, well, this infuriated the king. This speaks about when the Lord brings that invitation to you and you go out of your way. Amen to almost, um, I say make a mockery or you, f you just, you, religion, you, you trade what God is giving you for something else, basically. Hallelujah. Very sobering, okay? This infuriated the king. So he sent his soldiers to execute those murderers and had their city burned to the ground. And the king said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, yet those who had been invited to attend didn't deserve the honor. Now I want you to go into the streets. Notice how um you're deserving amen of the honor of the lord is just you responding okay which is what the bible says who shall ascend into the hill of the lord who shall stand in his holy place he that has clean hands and a pure heart that mountain of the lord is mount sinai right for us is mount zion amen where the engagement happens where the erushin happens where the kiddushin happens hallelujah and you know all of this is done in light, amen, of the final um, part of the wedding called the Nisuin, amen, which is called, yeah, just called the marriage, yes. Hallelujah. All right, let's keep it going. <sighs> now, I want you to go to the streets and alleyways and invite anyone and everyone you, you find to come and enjoy the wedding feast in honor of my son. So the servants went out into the city streets and invited everyone to come to the wedding feast, good and bad alike, until the banquet hall was crammed with people. Hmm. Hallelujah. I guess you can call that the chupa, right? He looked with glee over all his guests, but then he noticed a guest who was not wearing the wedding robe provided for him. And he said, friend, how is it that you are here and you are not wearing your wedding garment? Do you know what the wedding garment is, beloved? Clean hands and a pure heart. Amen. A soul that has been lifted up to vanity. Basically, there is no, the Bible is showing us through this, through this um, parable here, there is no way you can be written upon when you are still, amen, interacting with the legitimate cares of this world. Who understands what I'm saying? This is the reason why the Feast of Pentecost has eluded us, because we as a, as, as a body of Christ, amen, we've come up with doctrines, amen, um, that make life without feasting on God, the Christian, like it's not, is no longer, it is now seen that if you're seeking God passionately, you're doing too much. But then if you're lukewarm, but you're not doing anything really bad per se, then you're okay. It's what I'm saying, making sense here. Um, we've kind of like almost institutionalized, um, I would say lukewarmness. Not just, I'm not talking about living in an house of sin. I'm talking about like not being a flame for the Lord. Amen. I'm trying to draw, explain the reason why it seems like this feast here has been elusive to most of us. Amen. And it's simply because we haven't really had a reason to feast on the Lord this aggressively. Amen. Because as far as we know, you know, you're born again, 
let's go to heaven. But now we're seeing, oh, there is a marriage that's not going to be taking place in heaven. It's going to be taking place inside of me. Amen. We're going to read John 14 at the very end of this. Amen. And with all this understanding, you see why Paul would say things like, um, I've, been, I've betrothed, betrothed you as a ch chaste virgin for Christ, right? Um, to present you as a spotless bride, amen? You see all these verses, they all begin to click and make so much more sense, amen? Um, I think I mentioned, I mentioned about Mary and Joseph. Uh, Mary, when she was betrothed, betrothed, I hope that's the right way to pronounce it, to Joseph, um, that was because they had had the Kiddushin. So technically they were already married. The language actually used there was actually that she was married to him, amen? But he wanted to get a letter of divorce because when she didn't have, he didn't want to embarrass her at the Nisuin when she, she would have to show to everyone the tokens of her virginity. So because he was a goodly man, he wanted to quietly end the marriage and that way she wouldn't be disgraced. Amen? The Bible says he was a good man for doing that. Hallelujah. And I hope you understand what, what I'm trying to show us here, okay? They were both legally married. Amen? That Jesus needed to have that covering. Amen? The covering of a family to come in legally. Amen? And so Joseph... Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can everyone see me? Hallelujah. Okay. I hope the videos be fixed now. Hallelujah. That was weird. I don't know why that happened. Okay, because I'm connected. I'm not connected directly to my computer. I'm connected to another power source. The power trips. It acts funny. But I hope everyone understands. <laughs> I thought that was a very funny frame. My face was frozen on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so let's keep on reading this and then we can end today. <sighs> the wedding garment. That is the wash. That is when, when God told Moses, tell them to wash their clothes, keep away from their wives. <clears throat> Excuse me. That consecration, the of the that consecration of the Erushim, of the Kiddushim. Hallelujah. The king turned to his servants and said, tie him up and throw him into outer darkness. Now, when you hear this, you think outer darkness means hell. Outer darkness is not hell. Amen. Outer darkness is simply when this light here, okay? When you do not have the seven golden lampstand. Amen. Hallelujah. Outer darkness is what you're going to experience. It's one thing to have never experience the illumination of the seven spirits of God than for you to have experienced it and you go backwards. That's what Paul made reference to in um, um, Hebrews chapter six. Oh, woe are you if you were once illuminated, right? Um, partaking of the Holy Ghost, taste of the good word of God, the powers of the age to come, for you to then draw backwards. It's not a good sequence that, you know, um, the consequence of drawing backwards there. The Bible says my soul will find no pleasure in him. If I could, Jesus Christ in, in the letters to the book of um, to the church in Revelation said to one of the churches, the Ephesian church, I will come and take your lampstand out of its place. Another one says, um, I will blot out your name from the book of life. Amen. But when you haven't experienced that, then you're just partaking of the feast, right? You're just moving forward. So it's not outer darkness to you. You're just making, you're moving into the light. You're being enlightened by the spirits of God. Amen. I hope what I'm saying is making sense. So outer darkness here, amen, is that you who were once illuminated by the spirits of God, you are being thrown out. So can you see how he got in his robes were clean amen he got in and began to partake of pentecost but while he was in there he got stained amen this is what you see in book of revelation all of the rebukes in book of revelation check and see the consequences of of making a mistake they're almost it's almost like it's almost kind of harsh right if if you do not um do this i will spit you out of my mouth if you don't do this, I will take your lampstand out of its place. If you do not do this, I will blot out from the book of life. Jesus, what happened to forgiveness of sins? Lord, I'm sorry, I repent. The reason why he seemed to be that harsh was because they had been enlightened. They had been illuminated by the seven spirits of God. They had partaken of the Feast of Pentecost. They had received the law. And when you receive the law, amen, and then you begin to act funny, it's a little bit of a, a, whole, it's a whole different paradigm here. Do you know that most of the church has never experienced this paradigm before? Amen. I, I always say things like this. When I see myself, when I see young people, when I see people having issues in their lives, I know that these issues in our lives is because we haven't partaken of some things in God. 
that if we have partaken of those things and then we continue in these, you know, whatever it is, these, whether it's unbelief, doubt, or, you know, lukewarmness, sin, or whatever it is, or whatever, we're in big trouble. Amen? Who understands what I'm saying? Amen? It's one thing to have escaped the pollutions of this world, amen, by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen, by the light of the Holy Spirit, then to now get to fall back in. If you read Second Peter, it's not pretty what happens to those who partake of that, okay? Hallelujah. This is why God warns. Amen. What is the warning? Keep away from your wives. Wash your clothes. This is the reason why when Israel was invited up to come and partake of Pentecost and they were building that ark, Moses interceded for them and said, Lord, blot out my name from your book. You take me out because that was what was going to happen to Israel. Hallelujah. So when you see outer darkness, I hope you understand what that means, right? It doesn't mean hell. <laughs> But there will be great sorrow with weeping and grinding of teeth because you've been exposed to light and yet you'll be unable to lay hold on it. For everyone is invited to enter in, but few respond with excellence. Amen. To end tonight's session, I'm going to read John chapter 14. I'm going to switch to the more familiar translation, the New King James. Huh. I like how I went to Judges. I was like, what's happening here? <laughs> so hear the words of Jesus. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. Okay, when he says my father's house here, he's actually speaking, amen, about the place where the chupa happens, amen? <laughs> I think that's so cool, amen? If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. These are this is marriage Jesus is talking about here. Even when he told them with great desire, I have desire to partake of these feasts with you. Do you know that for Jesus, amen, when he was taking Passover with the disciples, he was actually taking the blessing over wine, amen? When we say that God loves us, we have no idea what it means. Just imagine over a space of thousands of years, amen? God had the Jewish people going through all of these rituals. Then God finally comes in the flesh. You can just imagine the excitement in his heart. Oh, I get to say the words. I planted those words thousands of years ago. Amen. I planted that seed thousands of years ago. And you guys have been going through all of these dress rehearsals. And I'm here. I'm in that moment I dreamed of. Well, the actual moment is when we've you know, experienced all of these feasts, right? But he was living out his part. And you can imagine the desire in Jesus's heart, amen? When he got to say all of these words, I go to prepare a place for you. You can see why he prayed with all diligence in Gethsemane, because this was the, there's a song um, from Matt Gilman. Um, oh, come on. Be the flame inside me. I wanna love completely. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Anyways, the song by Matt Gilman, I'll pose a song as well. It's on Spotify, but basically it says it goes like this from eternity, um, eternity, Lord, you dreamed of me. Yes. Um, from eternity, Lord has dreamed of me. This was the joy said before you that you will have my heart forever. Amen. I am so sorry. I butchered that song. It's a lot better than everything I just did now. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. This is the Feast of Tabernacles. Amen. Are you seeing the picture here? This is so cool. I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Hallelujah. And then he goes on to say, I'm the way, the truth, and life. And even that is another Jewish idiom. And literally, Jesus' words are all about just celebrating like God's master plan, how he installed in culture and in society all these constructs. And all that they're speaking of is him. Amen. All of these things, when you're, you're a boss and you employ a certain, you know, someone to, to work for you, not a slave in today's society, right? A, an employee. <laughs> That's the new word for slaves, right? Okay. In your, in your office. Amen. That relationship is meant to be a picture about, of us and, and Christ. Amen. Whether it's father, son, husband, wife, brother, sister. Amen. Oh, we have friends. Amen. Bro older brother, younger brother. Hallelujah. Everything is about coming into union with God and it's all spread out, amen, over these, this beautiful calendar 
of the Feast of the Covenant. Hallelujah. The climax of everything is marriage. The climax of everything is covenant. Hallelujah. The climax of everything is the testimony, the testament. Amen. That is tabernacles. Tabernacle is the place where the covenant has been captured. Hallelujah. Amen. Whose heart feels rosy? Amen. I feel like this velvet, pink, love Jesus feeling on the inside. Amen. Hallelujah. Our God loves us. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you, feast on the love of God. Um, feast on the love of God. Um, there's a window for some of that. I'm going to invite everyone um, real quick. Upcoming events I have here. Our Daniel Company Teen Camp starting um, tomorrow <laughs> from 2 p.m. until Sunday. Um, during this window of time, someone says I'm a Jew. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's Papa. Yes, absolutely. Amen. The Lord proposed to Israel at Mount Sinai. These things, they are just incredible. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, okay. I just think that's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. And during the Daniel camp, we're going to be feasting on the Lord. Amen. We're going to be having a 12-hour prayer stretch. I want to encourage you, make yourself available in some form or fashion. Yes, we'll be live streaming parts of it. Amen. But please understand that there's nothing like being there in person. So, and don't worry about sleeping over or camping because we're starting at 4 a.m. and we're continuing on to 4 p.m. So if you can't make it, um, if maybe you, yeah, if, you don't, if you're bothered about camping, you can join us in the morning, maybe around six, amen, with the morning prayers or seven or eight or whatever, well, forever long you can and stay with us until 4 p.m. when we end the stretch. Hallelujah. And um, of course, I don't want to forget to mention immersion. Please register for that. Um, we're looking forward to having you um, bring your young people um, as we celebrate the Feast of Lights. Amen. How cool our theme is, Father of Lights. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to thank you all so much for joining us. Um, I really hope everyone was ministered to. I felt like I was. Um, I bumped into so many things. Wow. It's crazy. Things are moving in my room. Okay. Hallelujah. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Amen. That's kind of... <laughs> Amen. Um, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Okay. Um, what was I saying? Thank you so much for joining us, beloved. Pastor Francis Seaboard sends his greetings. Um, there's a, lo a lot in the pipeline um, in store for y'all. Um, as soon as we're done with this series, um, which I think will be ending next week, that's the truth. I think um, we'll be done with the feast with, um, we've kind of bled into um, um, the Day of Atonement, Feast of Trumpets and um, Tabernacles, but we'll be able to run through them very, very quickly. And um, Pastor Francis will be ministering to us again. How are you here, Miss Papa? Amen. Literally being, um, giving us prophetic, um, um, literally the word for now. Um, many of the things that he said, almost in passing, we've seen them manifest on a global and even a national and global level. Um, things like the famines, wars, rumors of wars, and so many things that have been said repeatedly, and it seemed like they were said in passing. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to, to, you know, receive what the Lord has in store for us. Amen. So um, thank you so much for joining us, beloved. On behalf of the Cape um, um leadership, I want to say thank you for taking out this time, you know, to dig into the Word, to feast on Jesus. Amen. What we've had now is an appetizer. Amen. The real feast. Hallelujah. The invitation to really feast is now up to you. Will you respond? Amen. To this marriage proposal of Jesus Christ. Will you respond? Amen. To the Erushim of the New Testament. Hallelujah. I'll make this available as a PDF. I don't think that's necessary. I'll make, I'll share the link to the Wikipedia page on the PHB WhatsApp groups, PHB used and Shabbadaba as well. So you can have fun with that. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, beloved. Um, this has been a wonderful time digging into the festivals of Israel. Uh, we'll be climaxing and ending this very, very soon. Again, I want to thank you so much for um, taking time out and um, yeah, partaking of all of this. Jesus loves you. Have a blessed night, beloved. <laughs>